and that was me like literally testing myself like with fear it's like i don't know what's going to happen i don't know the answer but i'm going to roll with it and trust that something's going to happen um it might like i have no idea how or what it's going to look like but i just know that something's going to happen um and it has and it continue and it continues to flow like it's crazy and i continually like have to trust um but the more i like this like the more i let go the more i receive welcome to the feeling free podcast my name is ben harris also known as the fear guy my job is to help you feel more free in your life with the love and relationships self-worth and much more i'm happy you're here i love you i believe in you let's break free from fear together Hello, beautiful humans. This week's podcast is really cool because it is me and I was interviewed by my friend, Sid. She has a podcast, it's called Sessions with Sid. And so this is taken from that episode. I talk about my journey and about how fear is the pathway to freedom. I know you'll enjoy it and hear more of my story and my philosophies. Here it is with Sid, enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of Sessions with Sid. Today, I'm really excited to chat with Ben Harris, aka the fear guy, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. So, hey, Ben, what's up? How are you doing? <laughs> what is up? I'm glad that, um, just to full transparency, Sid asked for a bio, and I said, oh, just say who I am, and then uh, you leave it up to me and introduce myself. I should have sent a bio. Um, I guess that's part of the reason uh, that you should have a bio, like, I guess, yeah, a quick introduction for me is I'm someone who loves fear. And that sounds interesting, right, to most people, because usually the word fear terrifies you. Usually fear is a word that you run from and avoid at all costs. Um, but to me, is fear reveals where you're not free, and fear is a compass to your next level of growth. And so to me, that's why fear is a good thing. And, you know, there can be two truths. Like, of course, fear sabotages us, which is not a good thing. Or maybe it is, you know, depending how you look at it. Um, so for me is, yeah, I'm just someone who really is hell bent in the most loving way on changing our narrative with fear and helping people become more free. I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, fear is such a big topic, especially right now. And I love that you said that fear is your pathway to freedom. Mm -hmm. So before we just dive in, why the fear guy it just hit me i can't so i it's pretty new so it's so i used to have a different brand and i was trying in that brand i found out that i was trying to do too much for everyone i was trying to help everyone with everything um i didn't realize it like i kind of heard that before you know is like if you try to appeal there's a quote um i'm not sure if it's i don't want to mess up who said it but it's um, if you appeal to everyone, you'll appeal to no one. And even though I heard that quote um, before, I still didn't realize that that's what I was doing. <laughs> but as soon as I rebranded, so I rebranded to the fear guy in the middle of March, 2020. Um, so almost a few months ago at the time of this recording. And it was a gradual thing that I knew that why I wanted to coach on fear specifically um, but eventually through my trial and errors, I realized that that's what I'm good at. And even that's what I was trying to do in my old model. Um, 
but I just didn't, wasn't calling it that. And I wasn't like specifically doing it. Um, and so through a couple cool stories, um, do you want me to tell one? Yeah, I was actually, I mean, <laughs> perfect. You read my mind. Yeah. I was going to say like, what's, what's your story? How did you get into working mm-hmm. with fear? Yeah. So part of, I've always just been interested in doing things I'm afraid of. So that doesn't mean that like I am good at it all the time or that I've always been this fear chaser, like a storm chaser kind of person. Um, but the first time I remember really going after it was, so I used to be um, a rapper. And so um, that's how it first started is when I was 19, 18, 19, 19 years old, I think, is me and my friend, when we first started to like really get serious into it, we knew that we had to improve not only like our stage performance, not only like our inability to like rap, um, but we knew that we just had to do things that we were afraid of. Um, And he gave me this book. um, It's called 50th Law. And what's funny is that, do you know what the 48 Laws of Power are? No. For the book? So for some people, it's a very, it's a controversial book because it talks literally about manipulation, you know, like how power is used or misused or whatever. Um, so it's a book by Robert Greene. And so he helped re- co-write a sequel with the rapper 50 Cent. Um, and so it's called The 50th Law. And he gave me that book um, and that just hit something different for me of it really, a lot of it was just like doing things you're afraid of. And I just talked about like how important that was of like, to get anything that you want or to be anything that you want, like that's the key. And so we started actually going. Um, so in Salt Lake City downtown, the Utah Jazz National National Basketball Association team. Um, and this was like in the winter, it was freezing. So at the end of each game, we, on the weekends especially, we would go down there and then we would rap to people. And we were absolutely terrified. Um, just cause it's like, you know, 19 year olds, just like white kids just trying to, you know, just like, but we just knew that for some reason, like we had to do it. And I was terrified every single time. It may have gotten like a little bit easier, but we would go up to, cause the streets were flooded with people and like, it was bumper to bumper after the games were over. Like we'd even go up to cars and knock on the windows. Um, and now as we're recording this, you know, uh, you know, pandemic and um, the discussion of racism and anti-racism, even talking about this now, I'm like, even that is a privilege. That's a whole different topic. But for me as a white male to even knock on a window and like have them being willing to like, that's for anyway, well, <laughs> that's, that's a different conversation. Um, so that's kind of, that's really where like the intentional act of seeking out fear and things that I'm afraid of started. Um, so that's, yeah, so that's like the quick story. And then I've done that with um, music over and over again, um, with school, with um, even like I was in corporate leadership for a long time. So I remember seeking out difficult conversations intentionally um, in order for growth. Like I remember this employee, it was really hard um, because she wasn't financially well off and she yeah she just it's 
it's a bit of a like a sad story but to you know try and bring light to the situation like she wasn't financially well off um and so she didn't have great hygiene and but it got to the point that people around her um that were sitting by her couldn't work like it was literally affecting their work um because of the smell and yeah even though it's like sad and all these things um like it affected work so it became a work issue um and i was just oddly excited for that conversation because i knew that it was going to help me help people and also grow me you know so it's same thing about even like we're talking about a lot about race and those conversations scare me um but they've already i've already grown more in that area in the past week than i have in my entire life because i've been engaging in conversations that seriously terrify me because i don't want to be wrong i don't want to be viewed as like an ignorant white person but that that's the thing right of what we're talking about of like diving into like what we're afraid of is the answer yeah so there you go around there's a very <laughs> kind of a lot lots of stuff in there yeah thank you for sharing that i love the different pieces that you were talking about and one of those pieces is having different difficult conversations on purpose um yeah. especially right now like you said you know having those difficult conversations about race um and the fear of getting it wrong and saying the wrong thing and and yet those are so important to have especially around this topic of racism because it is so prevalent. Um, can you talk about maybe a difficult conversation that you, I mean, you kind of did already, but that you've had that you really were like, wow, I'm so glad I walked right into that fear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, let me try and think of another one. I mean, there's been so many, um, I think what a lot of people can relate to is in like romantic relationships, um, of, you know, whether it's a breakup or saying like how you really feel. Um, I remember like actually like having to like break someone's heart for the first time. And I was like, I was like literally like shaking, you know, and just like terrified to do it. Um, and you know, super young, like we just weren't right for each other, but like, that's all, you know, at that point. And, um, yeah, I just remember coming out of that feeling more free. And so like, I just know that's what a lot of people can relate to is like, you're afraid to have this conversation with your, like a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, lover. And I just know like whatever you're afraid of asking or talking about is incredibly freeing. Uh, and I just believe that like, if you're not your authentic self, like if that person's not, they don't have to agree with it wholly and fully, but like, cause you're individuals, but like, if you aren't expressing yourself fully, like if you aren't your authentic self, they're not loving the real you anyway. So that's why it's really important to express the real you. That is so, so true. Um, it feels so timely that we're talking today um, about fear. Like it feels very synchronous. Mm. 
Um, so I think you know this, but I'm, I'm a therapist. And so I'm talking with people all the time about having difficult conversations with partners, setting boundaries with people, um, expressing themselves. And it's such a thing that people are so afraid of is to use their voice because they're afraid that, you know, they're going to be rejected. Um, Mm -hmm. people won't like them, you know, Oh, confrontation is, you know, uncomfortable. And I hold the same view as you do of like, okay, let's walk right into that though. Like, what are you afraid of? And how can you just like fully face that? And it's so interesting, right? Cause we help other people do this, but when it comes to ourselves, we have to really look at like, okay, but where am I not doing that? I need mm-hmm. to walk into that. And so I have my own therapist cause I believe that everyone, mm-hmm. you know, should have one and should have access to one if they don't. Um, and there are a lot of like really great organizations that, that help with that as a side note. But cause I realized again, it's like checking my privilege, right? Um, I was having a difficult conversation yesterday with my therapist about something I'm afraid of. And mm. she, she did what I needed, which was like, okay, cool. Let's ask the question and like go right into it. And I was like, <gasps> my body mm. somatically was just like, <laughs> um, I want to, but I don't. Um, how can someone who is like, cool, Ben, like this sounds great, but how can I actually start maybe taking baby steps to facing and walking into those fears? Yeah. I mean, I think that's so, yeah. I mean, that's such a fair question to ask. So if you're thinking that like, sounds great, sounds ideal. Wow. I wish I could be like that. I'll never be able to like walk into fear. like and be excited about it like i get that sounds abnormal um but even that makes me feel excited right it's because i i like to be different but so i'll say like it's it's normal like it's fear right and so i would i would ask you a question because the same thing right kind of like therapists like i think questions are the best answers so for me is I love this question so much is how much joy are you willing to lose? And just really sit with that because that's really what you're doing. So by not taking action is you are losing joy. You are not being your authentic self. So even though I'm a huge optimistic person, like that can be, a mask or a way to numb and oh, just be positive. Like, so for me, it's okay. Instead of asking what's going to happen if I do this, right? Cause a lot of the time we think if I have this difficult conversation, if I go for that promotion, if I say this and I get rejected, like you always think of what's going to happen. If you do it, think about what is going to happen or not happen if you don't do it. So to me, to reverse the question or to is, okay, I know like the worst case scenario of what could possibly happen if I do do this. What's the worst case scenario if I don't do this? And so you know that whatever you deem as success, right, or a successful um, 
adventure into your fear is staying where you're at guarantees your misery and at least so you can choose your familiar misery you can choose that okay i would rather like the pain of my like uh what's this quote actually just barely saw it um but Ooh, it I has think to I read do- your mind. The pain of change is less than staying the same or something. Yeah, exactly. Right. Cause it both are going to hurt. So I think that's the truth is your comfort of staying the same hurts your, the pain of changing also hurts. Which one is worth more to you? Um, so for me, I absolutely know the answer that the pain of change heavily, it's not even close out why it outweighs the value of the pain of staying the same. Um, so that's the question to ask yourself, right? Is like, how much joy am I willing to lose? Like what, what is going to happen or not happen if I don't do this thing, you're going to stay the same and you already know how shitty that is. You know, um, you already know what it's not getting you. So you can choose an unknown possibility. Yeah. It's uncertainty, but you have a, it's staying where you're at is a zero zero percent chance of success. Going out into the unknown is greater than zero. So yeah, you still might not succeed, but literally what you're fearing, you are doing to yourself right now. So if you stay the same where you're at, you are literally rejecting yourself. You are literally choosing what you are afraid of. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize, at least the people that I coach and myself and the rest of humanity is that you are choosing this, um, whether it's subconscious or, or like unconsciously or conscious. Um, and like you can change it. I've seen it over and over again. Um, so those are just some hard hitting questions to ask yourself to not beat around the bush. Cause I see you, I love you, but I'm not going to say like, um, small, uh, like I just, like, I agree with small steps, like kind of pushing to the, pushing to the edge of your boundary, you know, so you don't like traumatize yourself. But at the same time as like, yo, like, let's go. Like it's time. Like if I didn't love you, I wouldn't be straight up with you. And I love every single person who's listening. And so like, let's, let's go. Like it's time. What hit me as you were talking and what I got from what you said is like, basically if you're letting your fear of others rejecting you get in your way of acting, you're actually rejecting yourself. Yep. And that was just like a whoa moment as you were talking <laughs> like, Good. wow, I'm letting the fear of other people rejecting me actually cause me to reject myself because I'm not acting for that fear of others rejecting me. Boom. Well said. That is powerful stuff. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Let that sink in because that's the majority of humans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like yes yeah, I love it let it sink in I love <laughs> it this is raw <laughs> let's just have a moment of silence for that mm-hmm.
What's up, y'all? I'm here to interrupt your moment of silence. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this conversation of just my, like, my, some of my philosophies and how I coach people. But anyway, I'm here to tell you about the Freedom School. The Freedom School is our membership. So, what it is is that we meet every single week. Like, the highlights are that you get to get group coaching with me and other guest experts and be a part of an amazing community and you get access to our library of recorded workshops. So some of those workshops are like break through your limiting beliefs, how to feel fear and other emotions, how to like find your purpose, how to write powerful affirmations, like how to love yourself. Like we cover all of these things and you get access to my personal journal journal entries and exercises that have manifested success joy and freedom in my own life. So if you want to join me every single week for just lessons on life to really go deep into these workshops and get an amazing community, like if books, podcasts, and YouTube aren't cutting it, like if the podcast isn't cutting it and you want to go deeper and really get more from your life to become more free, to learn those tools and techniques and connect with a loving and growth-minded community to really propel your progress, then join the Freedom School. Go to feeling free dot com slash membership and you will get a free trial so you for listening for the to the podcast go to feeling dash free dot com slash membership and you can get your free trial so you can test it out and you can see all the content we have because i'd love to see you i mean our peeps love it every single week and it really is such a tight um just a tight-knit group and i'd love to see you there so click the link in the description or the show notes or just go to feeling-free.com slash membership to join and i'll see you my friend on the next call all right here is the rest of the convo i'm like where do i even go from there um and also just reiterating like when you said before like how much joy are you willing to lose by not speaking out or not acting is also really really powerful yeah, because you are, right? And so I think, yeah, just like asking yourself that questions because it gives you the accountability that you need is because whether it's like quitting a job, you know, it's like there's so many different scenarios, right? And like we're all on our own time, but it's like I was coaching someone about like quitting their job. Um, and, you know, this person has coached before, like they have the workings of, like they have everything set up, you know, it's not just someone who's has never thought of like what they want to coach about, never done any training, never, you know, just like, and even if hell, even if you want to go for it, do you, cause you're going to learn a lot. But for this person what was holding the back is failure. Um, and so, yeah, to ask that question of like, how much joy are you willing to lose? And then this person realized like, I've already lost so much joy, right. By choosing safety and certainty, by the way, certainty is a myth, but like by choosing what you think is safe, like how, yeah, so like how much joy not are you willing to lose in the future, but like how much have you already lost? Yeah, and I'm really glad you brought up this in relation to like jobs because I think so many people are in jobs that they hate and their lives are miserable. And I see people all the time who have that in therapy and they're too afraid to do what they're really passionate about um, because of that safety. And the, like you said, the, the certainty, I'm putting that in quotes because that's like you said, a myth, 
but I'm wondering if you could talk about your experience um, quitting, you know, your nine to five to become mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. And I'm sure that was scary as fuck. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for me, it was different. So to give you some background, is so in 2009, early 2019, I invested 40,000 of debt into an investment. Um, so again, that's risky, right? Like the, for the majority of humans, the 98% of us, not the 2%, like the 90%, the 98% of us, $40,000 is a lot of money, especially to like, just, you know, bet. I was like betting on a risky investment to get the background of it is like, I had different investments. Like I just didn't decide like, I've never done this before. Here we go. It's like, I had like other, like, I knew that if I lost it, I could make it back, but I was willing to lose it. And so I think that's a good question to ask yourself, even like regarding your job is like the worst case scenario is that you already know what it's like to have a nine to five job you hate. The worst case scenario is like you go and get another one. So it's, you have to ask yourself what you're willing to lose again, kind of like how much joy you're willing to lose. Like, are you willing to feel uncomfortable that like I might not be able to pay my bills or I might have to change my lifestyle. Like there's so many different things. Like if you're willing to do that, like it's kind of like a checkbox, like how uncomfortable am I willing to get? But for me is so that investment um, started paying me and I was um, at the time Um, I also was just like recruited and promoted to, uh, a director at this finance company. And so I was, I had a six figure income just with the job. Um, and if I wanted this investment too, without me reinvesting or saving and cashing out, it could be making more, um, than my nine to five job. And so, and it was consistent for about four or five months. So at that time, I was like, damn, like if I essentially it came to the point, like if I don't do this, um, it's, there's never going to be a perfect time. Like I have this investment that's paying me to do by doing nothing. But of course, like I had to take that risk, you know, um, to do that. I knew a lot of people who didn't take it. Um, and so if I didn't leave that comfort now, I knew like there's no other time. Like I'm single. I have no kids. I have no debt except this. Um, like there's no other ideal circumstance than now. And so like I did it. And um, the funny thing was, is when I did quit my job, it wasn't like a, like F you shove my papers off a desk, like screw the man, you guys suck type of thing. It was a feeling that like I'm stepping into my own calling of, and I think that's how I knew, right? Same thing. Like it could be like with a breakup, like, is it not like an eh, like coming from a place? I mean, there's a balance. It's not black or white, but is it coming from a place of like you almost like being relieved or feeling like this is so right? Um, so for, yeah, like it wasn't as like magnificent as some people envision. And I think that's a good check for, for a lot of people is like, Oh man, like I wish I could like some people do have like a lot of cool stories, you know, of like quitting like on the spot. I gave a four week notice. That's not really like a cool story. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, um, I gave a four week notice, worked with the company. Um, but like it was, and then like the first week that I didn't have like a nine to five job, it felt normal. 
it felt like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so I think that's a, good, a really good indicator and a lot of things that we don't hear about because we like to glamorize and like Hollywoodize things. Um, but I think that's a more realistic approach, at least how like I dealt with it. And then the funny thing is, once I quit my job, that investment actually started dwindling. Um, so I lived off of that, the rest of what I had that investment and savings until March, until I rebranded. So <laughs> it was crazy. And um, so when I rebranded, like everything changed for me. Um, like I think I had $700 or something. I want, I want to get the exact amount because that makes it more fun to know the exact amount. But it was 700 something dollars like in my savings account um, at the time that I started making money as the fear guy specifically. So that's part of even the journey of like how I became the fear guy too. So that's the story of how I quit my job. That's so awesome. Like I love hearing about people recognizing when something just is not in alignment with their purpose and taking the difficult action of being like, I'm going to leave this thing that is like, secure quotes, whatever, mm -hmm. and do the thing that my soul is calling me to do and that I know will end up making me happy, but maybe uncomfortable at first. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that it was going to like, I didn't, like I had an idea of how I thought I wanted to like support myself, you know, and make money, but it completely changed. So like from how I thought I was going to, you know, however many months ago, like, and that's, I think, part of being open to that. Uh, like, that's really important. Like, it doesn't have to look this way. Because that's also scary is like, like changing your mind, like changing your mind, changing of like, man, I've been building this thing specifically for this, but it wasn't working. So for whatever reason, this is calling me. So I'm going to totally flip it and change it. And it's changed everything, like not just money, like, sweet, like money is fantastic. Like, I want to live the lifestyle. I want to help people like money, like is powerful, you know, if you use it correctly, but also like I'm impacting more lives in the past three months than I have in the past year and a half that I was building a brand. So for me, aligning into my purpose, seriously, like my audience has doubled. Um, and I'm actually helping people, but I wouldn't have, have gotten to that place if I didn't make myself uncomfortable by not knowing of like, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and that was me like literally testing myself, like with fear. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know the answer, but I'm going to roll with it and trust that something's going to happen. Um, it might like, I have no idea how or what it's going to look like, but I just know that something's going to happen. Um, and it has, and it continue and it continues to flow. Like it's crazy. And I continually like have to trust. Um, but the more I like this, like the more I let go, the more I receive. Yes. Um, and it's so, it's crazy. And even for me, like recently, um, I had my first round of coaching people um, or clients. They were done. It's an eight week program. So they got done. And then, so I opened it back up and my first five, six people, um, like this is the reality of it. So the first time I enrolled, I signed four clients in one week. 
And that was crazy to me. Cause like, it literally was like, I changed my name. I'm enrolling clients. Boom. You know, and I was like, Oh, okay. That's crazy. Like just alignment. Whoa. You know, <laughs> and like, a, but then this time as I got rejected, I think five times straight nose. And then I had to refund two people. I didn't have to, but I chose to refund two people. Um, and so that's just also the reality of, of like continuing to trust because as soon as I let go of like, okay, like just the rejection. Cause I could, I don't know. There's so many things that we fear and that self-sabotage of this was working before. Why isn't it working now? And then that's when we tend to do, we try and grip it like even tighter. Um, but to resist, to almost resist the resistance of, and I actually, is to resist what you normally do. So for me, if it, for me is I'm a big doer, I'm a big achiever. Um, I'm a three on the Enneagram. So I love just getting shit done. Um, and so for me, my unnatural tendency is to not do anything. And so I just looked at the evidence of my life. Literally, like this isn't, this is woo, but it's also practical. Like if you I'm look at super woo, so go there. <laughs> like, like I'm woo too, but it's also like, it really is like practical. Like if you look in the evidence of your life, everything has worked out perfectly or exactly as it needs to. Even if it wasn't, even if it's painful, it doesn't mean it's ideal. It doesn't mean like you wish that it happened. But to me, like life is happening better than we can plan it. Like there's no way, whether it's God, whether it's the universe, like we do not know more than that. Like it's literally impossible. So for me to say like, I know best, that's not true. And so for me to like do nothing um, was the best thing that's happened since then. I'm like, I know I'll continue to do that, but that's kind of like the current state of things of like, all right, I'm just going to let people flow in. And that's what's happened. I love it. Um, have you heard, do you know your human design type? I have, you might know her. Um, I have a call on Monday. So I've taken the test. I'm a something generator. What's the manifesting? I think so. Oh, I'm a projector. So am I. <laughs> Are you really? I think, I think so. Well, I don't know it. So I actually, I have a call on Monday to get a reading because okay. I've, I try to understand myself more. I want you to tell me what you are after. Okay, we'll um, do. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I had a feeling you'd be a projector. So I'm curious if that um, is what you end up being officially. But because um, you were mentioning the Enneagram and um, I thought of human design because you were talking about like basically things aligning in a snap once you made that decision. Yep. And human design is about like living in alignment, um, you know, with your strategy and your purpose and authority and you'll learn more about that. But it's amazing how things just fall into place when you are in alignment. Like mm -hmm. you knew you did the right thing because it felt right to you. And it also proved right because everything conspired um, to work. Um, yeah. you made the decision and that kind of leads me into what I know that you talk about, which is this idea of intuition versus fear. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about the differences for people who 
might not trust their intuition because fear is getting in the way or they might not know yeah. how to separate them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's hard to know, right? Because it's, it's like, do I trust my gut or is that, was that what I thought for the first time or now am I just overthinking it? You know, it's like, so there's so many different things that can get in the way. Um, and I, to me, I like to ask a lot of the answers for me, I'm realizing like common questions because I, I feel like all of us know the answer. So intuition versus fear, I'll already tell you, I tell you that you already have the answer. Um, like seriously, everyone has the answers. It's just unlearning and removing the blocks um, and feeling into your body. So for fear, right, is it could disguise itself as intuition because it's trying to protect you. Um, like, for example, I'm actually, hold on, let me pull up something because I'm going to make a video. And I want to look at these notes because this is honestly might be one of the favorite videos up to date that I make. Um, so it's five ways fear is disguising itself to protect you, but it's really ruining your life. Mm. Um, seriously, because I'm it's, excited. yeah, because it's trying to protect you out of survival. Right. Um, but if you want to thrive, like everyone has a choice to thrive in this day and age, right? Um, you just have to get out of that survival mentality. Um, so one of those ways is like, I'm not ready. So you could misinterpret your intuition telling you that like, I'm not ready. Um, or it could be your fear, right? So like, but both could be true. Like it depends who you are, where you are in life. Like there's no um, one right answer for everyone, but you know that answer. And so you might indeed not be ready, but one way to find out is like, how long have you been saying when I'm ready? So if you keep saying when I'm ready, then I think you know that that's coming from a place of fear. So yeah, if you keep saying, I'll do this when I'm ready or like when I'm ready, da, 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 then you know that you're coming from a fear-based place, right? Like how long have you been putting off what you really want? It's been, if it's been years, then you know it's fear disguising itself to keep you safe, but you're only sabotaging yourself. Like if you wait until you're ready, then you'll always be waiting. So, and then fear, or, so that's like a fear example. Um, for intuition, I like to ask, like, what would I do if there were no obstacles? That's a great question. Um, also, does doing blank, whatever you're deciding, whatever you're facing, does doing this make me feel like dark and depressed and heavy? Or does it make me light and expansive and free? And whatever comes into you, like, you know what that answer is. Because if you're excited, then you know that that's like your intuition speaking. And then another tool is envisioning yourself in that circumstance. So this is what I did before, my before I quit my job is what does it feel like? What does it look like actually quitting my job? Like what am I doing with my time? And it, it, like for me, I took uh, like a week off to really test it. And I, you know, I went to like Austin, Texas and like, just like, okay, like, like who am I going to interview? You know, like for my podcast, like what am I going to do with my time? And it felt right. It felt good. And it wasn't like an escaping type of thing. It was like, this feels right. And like, you'll know the difference deep down. And so it's also like imagining yourself in that situation of whatever you're trying to decide. 
Um, and so, yeah, like there's a podcast podcast episode I did that you're probably referring. And for this person, um, she she's from Sweden and it's crazy. We did this retreat in San Diego and she was the last person who booked um, the last person to fill it up. And that's the thing, even like going back to that, I was like, I know it's going to fill up. But like three days before, I'm like, I don't know how, but it's going to. And then Anna from Sweden <laughs> decides decides she's going to come, you know, travel halfway across the world to do it. Um, but it wasn't just like a snap of the fingers like that. Like we discussed her intu- intuition versus fear. And one way she made that decision is envisioning herself at the retreat. As like, how does it feel? Does it feel good? Do I love this? Like, and so there's a few different tools. Hopefully you can pick one or all of them because that's a hell of a lot of tools. <laughs> that's, I love that. I'm so excited mm-hmm. for this, for this video to come out. I really love the way you illustrated intuition versus fear, especially like if, when you think of that circumstance, like you said, it makes you feel light and excited that shows that that thing is in alignment. Mm -hmm. So I want to, along those lines, I want to tell you about something and I'm curious. Let's do it. About your thoughts. So I work very somatically with my therapy clients and with myself because movement is such an important part and the body, I mean, I'm sure you know, the body stores trauma um, and a lot of emotions literally like they get stuck in our bodies and um movement is such a powerful medicine for feeling through your emotions and so it's interesting before i tell you this example like i will be i'm a dancer so i'll be dancing and i'll just burst into tears and like things will Mm. move through me and then i feel better and so i say that to really highlight for people the importance of movement, not just like, oh, it's exercise. Like I need to like lose weight. And it's like so much bigger than that. But I had an experience yesterday. I mentioned um, therapy where I was going into a question with my therapist and she had me tap into my soul. Cause like Mm. you said, the answers are within us, but we just, cloud like cloud them out with distractions and we some we don't want to listen sometimes because of that fear and the question isn't important for what i'm illustrating but i asked one question and to me it was a very clear yes because i felt very relaxed in my body um i was breathing very you know um evenly and my heart space just felt like expansive. And then I asked another question and I immediately felt this um, clenching in my heart space. And I, I kind of describe it as like um, almost like a wrecking ball that started at the top of my heart space and kind of sunk down. Mm -hmm. And it was like, my chest was tight and I just got this like weird feeling and I started coughing and, Uh It was like this weird experience that I haven't really had before. And to me, that was what I thought a very clear no. Um, 
but sometimes it's hard to distinguish <laughs> between the intuition and or is that fear yeah so i'm wondering what your take is on that yeah honestly like it's going back to kind of what we talked about earlier about choosing a familiar misery right so like a lot of us um are living are living a life of misery whatever degree that is to you or something that we like we wish life was different um even if we don't know it you know and so like going back into this like why i'm highlighting this is because like we don't know better right is that like all of our limiting beliefs like with a lot of no not all not a lot of every single person i work with like they have they they're called to it for some reason of fear um and most of the time it's you know highly successful people um particularly women um like between 30 and 40 i mean there are younger people but that's you know i think that's just kind of how it has worked out but it's they think they're successful but they still feel unfulfilled in some way and they don't know what it is like if people were to look out on the like from the outside into their life, they're like, you don't care what people think, like you're unapologetic, you're awesome. And so they think that they don't, and maybe they think that too, but still that doesn't just like feel right, it doesn't sit right. And like what we uncover is like the limiting beliefs of that they truly believe that they don't deserve happiness. They don't feel like, like literally, like people, like we've uncovered that they don't, like they seriously believe that they don't deserve to be happy or that they don't deserve a, like a love or that they don't like are good enough like so many different things um and so why i'm highlighting this is because fear can like disguise that right as because that's might not that might be all you know like and so that's like it's hard for me to explain like the tools that i gave you i feel like are the best tools that i know of right now to help you individually but that's where a coach comes in of helping or a therapist or self-healing like all these different tools or a friend but honestly friends still view you subjectively like even if they try and do it objectively it's impossible because they have their own view of you already so yeah like therapy and coaching is huge just because like to do these things by yourself like to a point there's only so much you can do i think like you can do a lot of it on your own but a lot of it I think it's a mix of doing it on your own, doing it with a community collectively, um, and then doing it like with a coach too. Like, it's not like there's, you're going to get different perspectives too. So that might not be like the great answer, but I feel like, I feel like that's the truth of at least where I'm at right now, but who knows? I can learn more later. Yeah. Do you work somatically like with yourself um, or with clients? Um, yeah, so I wouldn't like, I wouldn't call it like somatically, like, and that's why like going into human design or like other things I'm delving into to learn more about myself. Um, cause I've been shocked in the past two, you know, months, the results I've seen with clients. And so I'm like, okay, something is obviously working. Um, like I, it's not a panacea, but it is so damn close. It's crazy as far as, cause er, 
almost everything in our life is fear-based. Like it, you can give me a scenario of why you're displeased, suffering, or unhappy. It's fear. Like at the root of it is fear. And so like learning how to feel it and look at it and the tools to, you know, overcome it or walk through it, it has been just so powerful. So it's definitely somatic in the way that we are doing things that they've never done before. So like clients and even like in my membership, like I have been blown away with people, their transformations there just because what it's not me. Like I love the work that I'm doing, but also it's like channeling, you know, like, and people are doing like, you're choosing to doing the work is that they stop avoiding and they look at what they've been escaping for their whole life or years or decades or whatever it may be like. And so to me, that is somatic. Um, maybe it's not like, you know, I'm not telling them to like dance, but we're getting very aware and like present of, and like these exercises that I give them in a way it is somatic, I guess this is, so this is a good question for me to realize. Um, cause I'm trying to understand like why it's working so well of like, I've been surprised. I said like, honestly, so that's why, how I know it's like, Oh, it's not just like me. So I'm trying to understand why this has just like transformed people's lives. So good question. I don't know the answer completely. And that's the honest truth. <laughs> I have like, okay. So I love to like challenge people because mm-hmm. it's like what I do. Yeah. Challenge away. <laughs> I'm wondering though, do you need to know why? Yeah. Like I would say no. Like I've thought that myself is like, do I need to know? Like to me, it's just my, I'm curious. So like if I don't find out, I'll be okay. You know, yeah. but then if I do find out sweet, you know, um, cause there is some magic of like almost not knowing, you know, like that's, there's some, there's something to it and who knows, maybe knowing could tarnish <laughs> the whole process. Um, but if it does, I mean, you know, that's part of the learning process. Yeah. I asked because I struggle with the same thing too. Like I always mm-hmm. need to know why, but then I've been asked by, you know, others, um, who've guided me, like, do you need to know why, you know, what, like, what would that serve for you? And then I kind of transfer that into my clients. Like, you know, I work with people who are recovering from addictions and they'll have what they feel are like these spontaneous, like I stopped using cocaine for a month and I started exercising and Mm. I feel great. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Like what's working for you? And sometimes they won't know. Mm. Um, Or they'll be like, you know, I really, I want to know why now, like why I don't know what happened. And I'm like, can you enjoy it? Like, (laughs) yeah, um, enjoy it. Like, and, and kind of really be present with that. And like, Mm how I kind of view that too is like things integrating behind the scenes of like our beings, like all the work we've done leading up to the point where it feels like this magic moment um, has been integrating, but we see it as this one moment, but really it's like the interworkings that go all the time. And then all of a sudden 
things feel like they click. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of why I asked. No, I know. love that. Yeah, I think that's great. Like, yes, to answer the question, I don't need to know. Honestly, like, I'm truly happy. Like, sweet. Like, this is great. <laughs> um, but I guess just like fur- fur- uh, furthering my wisdom of it. And just because for me, I want to be able to teach it like not only like with one-on-one clients of like, hey, here's how other people can do this. And also like in a course or something, right? Of like, okay, like I understand why. Um, but I like that of how you brought up, like, can you just enjoy it? That's a really important thing that also a lot of humans don't do. It's <laughs> just yeah. enjoy, enjoy the win myself mm-hmm. included. Same, same here. It's hard to do. Um, cause we're human and we always have endless questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I think another thing that I'm really interested in you maybe touching on is, um, the idea of having an abundant mindset versus like a scarcity mindset. Um, cause like you said, I think you said this, um, a few moments ago about like, you know, um, what if, like, what if it doesn't work out? Um, that's kind of a scarcity mindset yeah. to me of like, you know, or will I make enough money? Um, those sorts of things. So yeah, can you maybe describe how? Yeah. Yeah. Those play out for sure. So, like abundance, yeah, and scarcity. Like, man, there's <laughs> like for me, it's it's always a practice, right? Um, and I did Deepak Chopra's Abundance Twenty One Day Abundance Like Meditation Challenge. You know what that is? No, but that sounds amazing. So that's what I would suggest to people if you think that you have a scarcity mindset because it's very doable. It's like a 10 or 15 minute meditation and then you have one journal prompt a day. And one of them is literally just noticing, uh, like noticing the abundance around you to shift your perspective. Like, Like looking outside, I can see the blades of grass. Like infinite amount of blades of grass, you know what I mean? And so or like leaves on the trees or there's just so many like different things. Like you can just look at it and same thing like with the sun even, right? Like it's literally like everywhere, you know? And so how I view abundance is almost like the sun and like an energy source is that it's always going and anyone can plug into it. So, and I still catch myself where I definitely have improved a lot in this area of comparing myself and my social media engagement to other people of, but it usually, I use it to prop myself up like, oh, I have less followers, but more engagement, you know? <laughs> but uh, like to me, that's like not, that's not abundant. And so for me, just um, how I view abundance is that everyone can plug into it and there's unlimited outlets. Like there is no lack, there is no scarcity. Like if all 7 billion, you know, and plus more as, you know, as we grow people, there's enough for every, there's more than enough for everyone but we've been taught that there is lack and that there is scarcity and and i i I understand it like in in marketing like that's all we know is scarcity that's seriously all we know um and 
this is interesting. I'm even having the thought about how scarcity is a good thing though. Of like life, for example. Like if we were going to live forever, we wouldn't have the urgency to enjoy it. So like our one life technically is scarce because there's only one. Like, yeah, you could believe in like multiple lives, but this occurrence, literally there's only one. And so for me, scarcity could be viewed as a good thing as well is because it provides urgency. So there you go. Different thoughts. (laughs) That's so cool. I never thought of that way of looking at scarcity before as a positive thing too. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Yeah. Cause again, so we're, yeah, we really are so trained. We have to, it goes back into making sense and getting answers, right? Of we're just trained to like, this is good. Like we're just judging. This is bad. This is wrong. This is right. Um, I even posed someone who's religious, like who, you know, literally believes in the adversary, the devil. I was like, okay, but if the devil didn't exist, would God technically exist? Like, you know, and so we could go deep down that, but to me, it's having, there's something to that comparison, you know, or that scarcity of just what if nothing. Yeah. I see even like in my head while I'm speaking, like I debate myself as I speak. So. Well, I think I hear what you're saying. It's like, yeah. um, we need to have polarization, like mm-hmm. have one thing to have another. Yeah, but also it's it's like, what if they're the same? Oh. So that's just an interesting thought exercise, right? Like, I love that, you know, we're getting so woo. Like, thanks for holding the space for this. Like, yeah. And that's like, I've heard people argue that like, what if God is the devil? What if devil is the God? Like, it's one. It's like, it's it's not like people. It's like one, like missing. It's, you know, I mean, that, that gets like pretty deep pretty quick of like because our humans can't understand that you know because mm-hmm. and it's also like the shadow side right if you know if you believe that like looking at the shadow side or even like with racism like and again it goes back to fears like if we don't acknowledge that yes i have like white privilege i have like been ignorant to that i have had like prejudiced thoughts you know it's like if I don't acknowledge that, then I'm not in, I'm not improving or, and even if I'm not loving that side of me, because I technically didn't do anything wrong because I was doing the best I could in that moment. So same thing with like scarcity or abundance is I think how you view it of, but for the sake of (laughs) simple conversation, uh, like, yeah, scarcity in the way that we define it. I think definitely it sabotages us for sure because we think if I get this thing, no one else can have it. If they have it, I can't have it. Man, like we're talking a lot about race because that's what I've been learning about myself the past week. I think that's for honestly myself and I can assume that a lot of other white males feel the same is that if I lose this thing or if I don't, or if someone else gets power or if someone else gets money or gets um shit just like (laughs) like we're not even talking about that we're just talking about like equal rights you know 
like that I will lose something that I'm not going to be as comfortable. I'm like, and so that is fear based as well. And that's definitely scarcity. And so it all ties back in into the fear. Yeah. And I just want to say like way to own that. Like that's Um, a hard thing to own to, you know, um, to like, just really be like, you know what, this is a part of a shadow part of me that I'm working on that I acknowledge. And like, that is the work. Um, that's what we're all doing right now is that shadow work. Like you said of being like, wow, I really need to check my privilege. And, um, that goes for, I mean, I love doing shadow work. I do that Mm. with myself and with other, like with clients and stuff. And, um, it, it's really important to look at those shadows. Cause I think relating back to what we've been talking about with fear is if we don't look at those shadow parts, we're not gonna, um, see those blocks, um, that fear is creating as clearly. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if you've heard of, um, the website loner wolf. No. But it is my favorite site for um, all things spiritual. And they also have this free shadow work journal, which has about 60-something journal prompts. And you go into different shadow parts. So like you were talking about self-sabotage, they have like one for self-sabotage. That's cool. One for like, what are my triggers to being angry. Um, Mm. and it, I mean, it really makes you think, uh, I can send it to you and like, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. That sounds dope. It's like that icky work that we don't want to do. That is so necessary to growing. Yeah. And it's like, and that's the thing, like always showing ourselves grace, you know, and the answer is always both. It's like, yes, I can't damn Ben. I can't believe it took you this long to realize that you had these beliefs or didn't have these beliefs, you know, it's like, but like, I literally can sit here and say like, I've done my absolute best, you know? And I think every, like ultimately every person can that like, but going forward, you know, it's different. Like now I know better, you know, so I can do better. My Angelou shout out. Like, so it's like acknowledging both. It's like, yes, we're not doing enough, but I've still done my best. And that's where humans, we get so stuck because how can two truths exist? Like how can multiple truths exist? Like how can, yeah, it's like, I'm honestly (laughs) making myself tired. I totally get you though. (laughs) Like I feel you. So like what I, I'm hearing from you. I'm such a therapist. This is just how I talk in normal life. But like what I'm hearing from you, which I resonate with is like you, you're like, damn, it took me this long to like start doing this work, but also giving yourself grace and like, wow, that's so great. You're doing that work now. Yeah. Like, um, this is like random, but ties in, I promise. But like, I love Queer Eye, um, the show. And the new season came out yesterday, which is like a big <laughs> deal. But there was a man on there who like didn't 
who was a priest who like had just come out and he was like, I don't know, 50 something. And he said something like, I can't believe it took me this long to come mm. out. And then uh, he was talking to, I think it was one of his uh, children. And they said, well, would you tell your child like it took them too long to come out? And it's like, yeah. can we show ourselves the same grace and compassion that we would show other people? And I think that's what you hit on. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, I'm like, now I'm stoked. Like, sweet. Look, look what I've done already in a week. Yeah. That's so and awesome. How much, you know, and the same thing is, yeah. Like you can look at like shit, like even if I'm a day before dying and I would rather have that one day of being free of that belief or of that prejudice or saying, or forgiving someone, forgiving myself, like literally one day is better than nothing. Totally. Totally. So powerful. I think what I would love to like close with is, <laughs> yes. is a, a bit about freedom, right? So we've Ooh, been talking yeah. about fear, but like freedom, what is <laughs> like, what does freedom mean to you? And let's start there. I love it. So freedom to me is being the most authentic you and living without resistance. And so that could be like utopian to some people, right? It's like, well, oh, that will never exist. But it's to me, it's just the practice of it. Of it's like, so our most fundamental fear is that we're not good enough. So, and there's so many different like branches off of that, but that's all of our fear is that, right? Because for you of, um, or for me, right? Like I'm not good enough. Like even what we're just talking about, like, wow, it took me so long to get here. What is that fear? I'm not good enough. Like, you know, so that is the root fear. So that's why this ties into freedom because freedom is accepting and loving yourself and acting that way of whatever that means to you. Like whatever your authentic self is to me, that's freedom. It's just like being you like resistance free and or maybe maybe not resistance free but always leaning into that resistance or recognizing the resistance so to me that really is freedom is like living your most authentic life yes and can you i know that we talked about how really stepping into your fear is that pathway to that freedom yeah is there anything else you might add to steps to freedom or like <laughs> just something um, maybe that came to your mind when I asked you that question. Instead of just lean into the fear. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I know that's not easy. Like um, awareness. So like anything, right? Like awareness is the first step. Like a lot of people listening are definitely more aware than they were when they started. I'm definitely more aware than I was a week ago. And so to me, that is the first step with absolutely everything. And as, and as humanity, we are becoming more and more and more aware, especially like with the pandemic, I view it as such a great thing uh, because we've all been forced to slow down and like really like we've, self-awareness has almost been forced on us, um, which to me is a fantastic thing. Um, but of course, it has come with a lot of pain, you know, and the most 
uh, the highest unemployment we've had ever, you know, like all these crazy things, but that can even go back to like the black lives matter movement of like, is anything going to change? Like what we value has to be disrupted um, for there to be a change. Right. So even like my initial thought was like, Oh, looting is bad. And it's like, okay, <clears throat> but is it like, is looting bad? Because that's technically that's is what's getting us to pay attention to it. Like would peaceful protests really get us to pay attention to it. Right. And from what I've learned is that like white, you know, America, white supremacists, whatever have you, like, all we care more, like, we're talking about windows being smashed in and merchandise being stolen. Like that's, what's getting us pissed, but someone dying isn't getting our attention, you know? And so, man, this is going off at a, on a tangent, but for me, I feel like disruption. And so if you can find a way to disrupt your, if you haven't already with the pandemic, <laughs> like find another way to like disrupt your routine. Uh, I feel like that are also like steps to freedom is like questioning what you think, questioning what you believe. Um, and you can like do it in a loving way. It doesn't have to be you're wrong. Right. Because I'm more evolved than I was yesterday. I'm definitely more evolved than I was a week ago. And like a year ago. Wow. And like two years ago, I can even picture what, where I am and what I'm doing. And like in two years from now, I hope it's the same answer. So I feel like, yeah, it goes back to that grace and like giving our, like loving ourselves as a step to freedom and like disrupting what we know as a step to freedom, which sounds so interesting, but yeah, that's what I'll say. Wow. I, that piece about disruption leading to freedom. I so like resonate with that and also feel that it's necessary for growth and the pathway to freedom. We need to like be woken up in a sense in a way to actually make change. And sometimes that happens in a very devastating way that yeah. can Unfortunately, I say sometimes it's unfortunate that that is the pathway to the actual real change. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate you naming that. And yeah. I mean, cause it's as a collective and individually, like if you look at like how system systematically, you know, systemically that we are going to change racism, like this had to happen, but did it have to happen? You know, it's like, like those questions. So like, yes, of course it didn't have to happen, but I like to think of like the point of suffering is to realize that we didn't have to suffer. So like once we heal from that suffering, we realize, oh shit, like I didn't have to do that, but to real, to have that realization, I had to go through that. So I think that's part of like what we're feeling. So as a collective and also individually, you know, it's like when your heart breaks, like last year I went through something that had no idea, like. I was going to feel or expected to feel like with heartbreak. Um, but now I'm like so much like wiser and I know, and I have more empathy and like something similar like 
happened this year again, but like I was more prepared for it and like more knowledgeable and self-aware and emotionally intelligent. So it's like, yeah, that disruption, like even individually is so beneficial. Totally. What a powerful way to end. I just wanted to ask you a couple of like (laughs) quick uh, questions, kind of fun questions and then yeah this let's have a little fun. <laughs> like this is totally me of just like yes let's get you know even on like even on dating apps i'll be like the first question because like honestly this is how i weed people out is like yo tell me your deepest darkest you know like all these kind of like deep questions like that but like I said like for you holding the space and asking these great questions and i love how you like sit with it and ponder on it um i can tell you're really listening and not just um listening like you're not thinking of the next question while i'm speaking so nicely done well thank you i appreciate you um (laughs) recognizing recognizing me as a projector because we need to be recognized no and i I appreciate that and i really Uh i really do enjoy having conversations with people like this and really getting in there and being present and that is so important Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's hopefully something people are learning right now too during this time when, like you said, we're being pushed into awareness because we don't have a lot of distraction. Yeah. So yeah, it's been really amazing to to really dive in with you on these important life-changing topics. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, let's, let's end it with some, some okay. S- silliness. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know if this one's silly, but it's more fun. Like what is a must read book and it could be anything fiction, nonfiction. Yeah. So for me, most recently, the most must read book that I have finished is when things fall apart. Have you read that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I hands. love it. So that honestly has changed my perspective on so many things. Um, cause I've been someone And I think a lot of people are like this, like we only want to feel positive emotions and we push away any other emotion, which only makes us feel worse. And I'm actually going to teach this soon in my membership, like, because we have weekly lessons and calls, like of how to feel, because none none of us are taught how to feel. It's right. As as soon as it's like, it's get over it or you're fine. And it's it's not like, how does that feel? You know, like, or just how does it feel to sit with it? You know, I was like, we literally are not taught that. And so for me, it was a mind blowing thing. And like one experience I had was, um, I'm at this Airbnb in LA and the yard, the grass is kind of rough. And the first or second day I got here, you know, I was going to like work out outside and in bare feet. And I was like, ah, oh, this grass is like rough, you know? And so I went to go get shoes. But then I remembered like in the book, she talks about like, what hap- What do we usually do? Like when it rains, we get an umbrella. Like what do we do when it- there's a cool breeze? We get a jacket. Like when it's hot, like we get in the shade. And so what she encourages um, the author of Pema Chodron is to just like feel it for what it is. Like feel the wetness of the rain, feel the heat of the sun, feel the coolness of the breeze. So I went to go practice this. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go feel the roughness of the grass. And this simple thing, like seriously, has changed my life. Like I don't say that lightly. Like it really has. Of so I went to go. I intentionally stepped on the grass like with my bare feet to like feel the roughness of it not to say that it was bad or like i didn't want to feel it i was like ooh, like let me just feel the roughness of the grass 
And that was even like a deeply emotional experience. Um, And then the next day I went back out there and it wasn't as rough, which was so fascinating to me. And that's such a great um, um, analogy for emotions is that once we like willing them, like willingness, like accept all dimensions of it, of whatever form they come in and the many different forms and iterations that they come in, like the next time we feel it, it won't be as rough or maybe it is, you know, it's just, that was like an interesting thing. And that's why I recommend or recommend that book. And the que- there's one question that sticks out from that book is she asked like, what if pain wasn't a punishment? And that has helped me. That's helped like my clients because we view pain as a punishment. Like I am bad. I did something wrong for feeling this way. And so again, questions are the best answers of like, what if pain wasn't a punishment? Yeah. I love that book and I really appreciate you sharing those insights. It's like lean into that discomfort and Mm -hmm. it's such, like you said, an analogy for like that fear that we've been talking about. It's like lean into it and it's actually not as bad as we think. Yep. Um, What is like the funniest experience you've had (laughs) rapping in front of people? So funniest, there's, there's, I'll tell a few. I'm actually, I'm glad you asked this because it is fun to reminisce on these things. Like back when we were rapping in the streets, um, you know, to, we used to call it fear fighting. Now I'd call it like fear loving. <laughs> but but um, I remember, you know, we're, like we're 19. And so like these 17 or 18 year old girls, I remember brought us cookies because like, so we rapped for them and then they went and got cookies and brought it to us. So I remember that was just like a fun like experience that they like brought us cookies. But then also we made a song about it. And then on top of that, we, when we had a concert, they brought cookies to the concert and then we freestyled about the cookies. So there's just like, there's that whole like kind of package deal. A funny story that may not be funny to some is like, I got booed, um, early on, like I was in high school. Um, still learning and like I was trying to learn the lyrics on the way to the show <laughs> so my, my advice is like don't do that um but I remember this dude booing me but that was like the most powerful fuel that I've ever gotten like seriously like him booing me like energized me more than ever it was it was like because we one thing like I believe is that well it's pretty much fact too is that we tell ourselves narratives um all all the time and it's we i mean are they true like is any are any of them true so like you might as well tell yourself a good one you know tell tell yourself one that like benefits you and i didn't realize this what i was doing at the time but it's almost like telling like using it as like a storytelling narrative to fuel myself i'm like oh man this is going to be really cool not knowing like you know i can rap about this one day or i can talk about this on a podcast one day you know um that was fun there's probably there's this one this is actually a really good question. I might ask the guys that the group, like what were some of them? I mean, we wrapped some from Salt Lake city. So it's a Mormon culture, LDS culture. And <laughs> we got invited. So the Mormon church has um, for their youth or for their uh, like young adults, they have church, weekly church activities. And so we got invited to perform at one. And I remember that was like, honestly like one of the funnest things is like in this outdoor amphitheater and 
one of the lines that I say in the rap songs, I begin the song with, can I get a heck yeah from all my LDSers instead of like a hell yeah, you know, it's like, cause we say heck. So can we get a heck yeah? And so like, to, that was just so like funny to me to hear a bunch of Mormons yell that lyric. So there's, there's a few. <laughs> That's awesome. I enjoyed hearing about mm-hmm. that. And when I found out you were a rapper and listened to you, I was like, oh, wow, he's really good. This, this is such an interesting like piece of you that you, it doesn't seem like you talk about as much, but like you started to talk about it. So it's kind of- Yeah, I want to talk about it more. Like, cause honestly, like I wouldn't be where I am without it. Like I learned so many branding things. I learned so many like relational things, business building, like literally like fear things, performing things. Like I wouldn't be like where I am without it. That's so cool. Um, two more. Uh, for some reason, I just like to know people's favorite food. <laughs> Ooh, smoothies. Smoothies. And some people will say that's not a food, but I vehemently disagree. Yeah, for sure. Smoothies and smoothie bowls. Particular flavor? <laughs> like my go-to, like what I love. So I put, you know, like a nut milk in there. Then, you know, I'm like my protein, my superfood, blueberry, banana, spinach, and maybe a nut butter. And then boom, there we go. But um, like... I love, like, if it's like smoothie bowls are a little bit too much for me to make at home. I'm a, I'm a bit lazy. Like, honestly, like I'm a chicken broccoli, egg and toast smoothie type of guy. Like, just like super simple things. Mm-hmm. And so, but if it's like a smoothie bowl, like nothing too fruity, because like when it's just so sweet, you it's not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I feel that for sure. <laughs> um, my last question is. I like to ask my guests if there are any messages that you would want people to take away from mm. the podcast. Oof. <laughs> Hopefully this, holy hell, like, so this said, this has been super duper fun. Like I'm all, I'm kind of sad it's over, but Thank like, you. and so I know I'll be excited to listen back to this and so many good nuggets, but if there's one thing to say like one tim ferris do you listen to tim ferris yeah i I, it's been a little while but i've i'm very familiar with his so one question that he asks his guests is like if you had a billboard what would you put on it you know if like so i I like that question i've always thought like yeah what would i say and it always changes you know as we do as humans Ooh. okay this quote let me make sure i get this right um Easy decisions, hard life. Hard decisions, easy life. So what that means is, right, like it goes back into the fear and leaning into the discomfort that like that is like a mantra to go by. That like if you always are making the easy decision, which again, that can go back into intuition, right? And like I'm such a believer in ease and align and things happening easily. But like, a life of ease is not easy. That's such an interesting thing, right? Because we're wired to not trust that. And so I'm a total believer in ease. Like the best things in my life have happened most naturally, organically, and with ease. However, getting to that point is just the level of trust is not easy. So yeah, I just think like if you're make, always making easy decisions, your life's 
going to be more difficult, but like those tough conversations that aren't easy, the tough truth, the hard truth with yourself, like all those things lead to a more beautiful, like fulfilled, um, joyous life. I love it. Thank you so much. It's been Mm -hmm. a blast chatting with you and I'm excited for everyone to hear it. Um, can you tell people where they can find you? Yes. So on Instagram, it's at the fear guy. My name's Ben Harris. And then if you want to find out more about me, go to feeling-free.com. So if you want to go to a retreat or if you want to join our membership, so we have a weekly group coaching calls. It's called the Freedom School or one-on-one coaching. Um, or just, yeah, just like on Instagram. Just say hello. I respond to everybody because I love you and I believe in you. And you have a podcast. Oh, yes. Thanks for (laughs) Yeah, so I have a podcast called Feeling Free. Um, And so, yeah, like I've been really happy with it. I used to have a different podcast and this is definitely just more along of like what I'm trying to do. Um, And so the the first guest that I had, it's still new, um, was Dr. Nicola Perra or the holistic psychologist. And that like, honestly, that was... um, not just because she's like obviously popular, but like that conversation has so much value to it. It was so fun because you get to hear a lot about her journey and struggles. Uh, and so, yeah, like that one is really good. And like, I didn't put one out this week because of the craziness, but like by the time this comes out, there's going to be one called like the secret to stop overthinking everything. Oh, perfect. Um, so that is really, yeah, it, it's a game changer. So more of a story. Thanks for telling me about the podcast. Go listen to it. Yes, do it. (laughs) It's great. Um, If you haven't gotten from the episode, Ben has a really awesome positive vibe that is really um, contagious. So thank you for sharing that with everyone. And thank you for being on. Thank you so much. All right, y'all, you know what to do. Make sure you go leave a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you're not already. And I would really appreciate it if you shared this with someone that you love. So after you subscribe, after you leave a review, if this hits home for you, please share it with someone you love because it impacted you and it can also impact them and we can heal the world. We can all become better and improve and become the most powerful and highest version of ourselves. So, and make sure you go check out Sid. This podcast is called Sessions with Sid. That link is in the description. It's in the show notes so you can go check that out because I really appreciate her facilitating this amazing conversation. All right, y'all, let's get into this week's Fear to Freedom story. All righty, my friends, this week's Fear to Freedom story is truly one of the most powerful transformations I have seen and been a part of. Like, whoa, (laughs) you'll definitely want to hear this. Uh, On our very first call, she expressed feeling worthless, scared, small, and suffocating in fear. She wanted to be free, but she just didn't know how to get there. She had suppressed her spiritual side for the fear of being judged, which led to misery and unhappiness. And I'm going to read you this quote that she she directly said, I'm so unhappy that I want to die. Um, But I have to change because I won't be here for myself and for my kids. I had suicidal thoughts and depression, and the only reason I didn't do it was because I don't want to put my kids through that. End quote. Um, so she had suppressed emotional wounds and 
She was giving and giving and giving that nothing was left for her. She had lived her whole life in fear, very anxious, and she had associates even like success with pain. So as you can see, this human being who I absolutely adore, so amazing, was drowning, straight up drowning in fear. And you can hear it from her own words, like so unhappy. And one of our first exercises that me and clients do together is a goal setting slash intention setting type of exercise. And when this client wrote down what she wanted to accomplish, she told me straight up that it wasn't possible. Like she wrote down goals because, you know, I um, kind of what the instructions were, but she wrote them down and she told me that she didn't believe that they were possible. Uh, But two more weeks go by and I bring up those same goals back up. So I bring those goals back up to her because I know that she forgot about them. And to her big surprise and astonishment, what she wrote down had already started to manifest into her life. Legit, only three weeks into this, what she didn't believe, then what she wrote down had already started to happen in her life. So why did this happen? Because she opened up to her realm, she opened up her realm to new possibilities. She was stuck in that fear. She could only see this one outcome of fear, doubt, unhappiness, misery. That's the only possibility that she saw. So possibility, faith, and belief are absolutely everything. And if you can't see life in a different way than you do right now, then you won't get the life that you were hoping for. So if you are stuck in a bubble of fear and you don't see a new way of life, then I would love to work with you. So go to feeling-free.com coaching. Schedule your first call and begin your journey to freedom with me. You can read and watch the testimonials from program graduates. Of course, if you listen to every episode, you hear me give these fear to freedom stories, but you can hear it straight from them, right? You can go watch and read some testimonials. Go to feeling-free.com slash coaching. And I really, I actually just got a message from this client. Um, she's, a, she's graduated now, um, but she messaged me saying, thank you so much, Ben. Truly, my gratitude is endless for your love, support, healing, and guidance. Thank you for being you so that I can learn to be fully me. (laughs) I love that. I actually just got chills. That last sentence especially. Thank you for being me so that I can learn to be fully me. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) that makes that seriously touches my heart. Anyway, okay. So if you're at that place and you know that place I'm talking about because you heard me describe it from what this graduate has already talked about, suffocating, drowning, misery, anxious, depressed, unhappy, Take this step and let's walk this journey together. I'll see you soon, my friend. Go to feeling-free.com slash coaching and let's be free. I love you all. Have an amazing week.